Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another oh. fun film Monday edition of Second City Sports. You're listening to in live and living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app today. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, so you can catch up on other five live shows throughout the week. So, you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. And speaking of Sports on Chicago, make sure you follow them on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want to catch our podcast, you can subscribe to her by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor, once again, at War on Anchor. And please give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can always hit us up at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Typing your questions or comments in the comments section, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But we decide to troll or throw down some hate or just find out at ignorant or ignorant, as you kids would say. I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to beer lay beer boot. Bye bye. I know she says that. <laughs> but before we begin, we must remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. That's right, Sports on Chicago. You can celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. You can catch all of our live shows uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live and on demand. So no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad. Get with the program. Sports on Chicago is on Roku TV. If you have a Roku run. TV sports section. Oh, sorry, sorry okay. Yeah, Rich, just real quick. If you ever already have a Roku TV, just hit the sports photo, download Sports on Chicago through that avenue. If you don't have a Roku TV, you have some handheld devices sitting around your house, in your car, uh, around your desk, at the job. Just download the Roku TV app and then download Sports Chicago through that avenue. So catch Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. A chance to catch and run. Longest completion of the day for the Bears. Off the pump, he'll check it down to the tight end, Komet. And Komet weaves his way up first and goal. Fields 
on the run, throwing for the end zone, Komet leaping high. One rushing touchdown as he takes over on first down and they give up the middle to Khalil Herbert and Herbert pushing. Second and one, field setting up, looking deep, Komet wide oh. open, oh. he's got it, Cole Komet oh, no. to the house, 50 yard, Bears touchdown. Goff off the play fake. In trouble, Goff is down! Jack Sanborn! And now on third down, Fields will yank it, and there's room to run for Fields! Fields, oh, baby! Turn it on to speed! Fields on the angle, trying to outrace Okuda, oh. and he'll beat him to the goal line for the... Third and eight, Goff, quick toss at the 30, trying to turn up field. Khalif Raymond will not get the first down. And those highlights are courtesy of Fox TV. Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez were on the call yesterday, along with hometown girl Laura Ogerman, who was working the sidelines. As we discuss, we will discuss the Bears' 31-30 loss to the Detroit Lions. Lakina, I'm not going to sit here and throw a, a five-year-old tension misfit. I'm not going to sit here and say that uh, this Bears team is better than what we thought. I just enjoy watching Justin Fields play. He's our franchise quarterback, and damn it, I support him. But on the flip side, as we discussed on our show on Friday, were we surprised that the Bears could pull off this uh, nonsense of losing to a lesser team? No. The two mistakes that came back to haunt them was after that Justin Fields touchdown we just uh, played. Cairo Santos uh, missed the extra point and missed the extra point badly. And number two, and Justin Fields had the pick six that, that he threw that eventually would give the Lions uh, uh, the tie that she was eventually to give them the lead to set for them to win the game. Lakina, as we said before, this is a team in transition. This is a team that's growing. But just a couple of concerns that I have for you. Number one, David Montgomery and Khalil Harbert should have been used more. And looking at the stat sheet, they weren't used more than I thought they were going to be used in terms of carries and yardage. And we talked about that in our, during our preview show on Friday. And number two, <laughs> here's the thing, Lakina. Number two, something I'll give the Bears defense credit for this. We played it in the highlight package. They said Jerry Goff twice. They sat him twice. You think you'll be able to win those games, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, it just didn't happen. Also, here's my other concern that just came to me. Chase Claypool, just three targets once again, Lakina. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pound my fist and do this fake outrage, fake anger routine. But we sit here in early December or middle of December and Chase Claypool, uh, we assume, will be caught up with the playbook. And he's still getting targeted two or three times a game. Uh, it, it, it's a problem. It's going to be a problem. But I'm not jumping off the ship just yet. Well, no, you know, it's, it's what look, this game. Look, I'll admit it. I only I didn't watch much of this game because of the fact that I thought that maybe just maybe, you know, the Bears wouldn't really have to do too much. And uh, as our buddy uh, Richard Long, what's up, Richard? On uh, a YouTube channel saying Bears do, uh, doing a low key uh, tank, sitting big receivers. I don't know about I don't want to go as far as say they're going, they're tanking, mm -hmm. but it, it kind of feels like, you know, this is sort of one of those like hot potato type of things. I mean, mm -hmm. they were up 24 to, to 10, you know, going to the fourth quarter. The Lions have scored 21 points. What really started was that pick six from, you know, by Jeff Bakuda from Justin Fields. His first pick six you know, that he's given up. I mean, look, you're not officially a Bears quarterback unless you give up a pick six. I mean, it's not, you know, that's <laughs> sort of one of those things where, look, you're, you're now he's in the club now. But look, that, that was their first pick six. I'm talking about the Lions since 2018. 
That's how long it's been since they had to pick six. Look, give the Lions credit. I mean, they they look, mm-hmm. yes, they gave up some big plays, yes, they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards, but they stepped up when they needed to. And you know, the it was a fumble there too that they forced. And mm-hmm. look, the Lions went down the field. I mean, yeah, yeah, they saw sat golf twice, but that defense, but they gave up those big plays late. They still gave up those, you know, all, 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 mm-hmm. minus the, uh, the the pick six, the 14 points, which is the one that ultimately led to the, uh, you know, to the, that, that go-ahead touchdown. So it, it's sort of one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not surprised that the Bears uh, lost this game. I mean, I was hoping that they would find a way to win this, but, you know, look, mm-hmm. it's the Bears, so I, I wasn't surprised. You listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. Silly Kid here with you, recapping the 31 30 loss for the Chicago Bears to the Detroit Lions. The Bears are now 3 and 7 on the year. The Lions improved their record to 3 and 6. Lakina, a couple of places I saw yesterday, there was a telling sign to me, as I, as I told you before we went on the air, I only caught uh, parts of the game. I watched the majority of the fourth quarter via NFL Red Zone. Uh, Jalen Johnson, who's supposed to be your best uh, defensive back on the team. He got burned a few times and that's something that you really see from your, from your best, uh, uh, best defensive player in the secondary. Yes, it happens sometimes, but I saw him get burned uh, a few times. I was like, this is not good. And we talked about the improvements of rookies, Kyle Gordon and Jaquan Brisker, but I didn't hear that names too much yesterday. So as we said, like, the, the Lions secondary uh, was bad coming into yesterday's game, but that bear secondary took a big playbook, a big chunk of the playbook out of the Lions secondary. And that's the way they played yesterday too. So they weren't good at all. Well, yeah, I mean that the whole look, Jalen Johnson with with uh Smith and uh Quinn being gone, you know, J- Johnson is probably one of your best defenders. And unfortunately, he got hammered uh last uh yesterday, I should say. Yeah, yeah, Jack Sanborn got two sacks. I mean, but again, that Detroit O line is terrible. So you really can't. I know people are already like on the Sanborn bandwagon, like, oh, you know, hey, look, we don't need Roquan. Yeah, we got this guy for like, you know, like a quarter of the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it's sort of one of those things where you're like, I'm not surprised that somehow the Bears, you know, found a way to lose it, and they did. It's just at this point, I'm just like, oh, okay, but let's get to you know, get to the off season. You know, we've seen you know some <laughs> of our uh, Facebook and uh, YouTube uh, uh, fans say, well, you know, I think they are tanking, but you're like. Well, you know, maybe they are. Maybe they are to me. Look, Claypool didn't have a lot of targets. I mean, isn't that why mm-hmm. you gave up a second round pick for? Exactly. So, it, so you're you're like, okay, where is his touches at? I mean, yeah, yo, Cole Komet, yeah, you're finally using him now. But uh, also, but again, you know, you're not the guy that you gave up, you know, a, a second round pick for. Like, where, where's his touches? So it, it's it's definitely one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm not surprised. I mean. It's just one of those sort of these. This is one of those games where it can come in to bite you in the butt if you're a Bears fan, and mm-hmm. it also just shows that the Bears still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, if you, if you want to get at us as far as the comment section is concerned, you can always go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get the bump on the screen for you. But take a look at some of the numbers for the Bears. <laughs> and sh- uh, shout out to our guy, Money Earning Mount Vernon Fairly. Sh- shut up, James. Don't brag about your Lions. LOL. That's a, our, we had the last comment up there by James, o- uh, James O'Bannon with a smiley face. And Vernon comes back and says, Paul's executing a great plan to tank the season. LOL. Uh, and we have one more comment for our guy, Richard Long. Thanks, Richard, for checking in. Conservative Bears coaches uh, banked on the defense when the string has been the offense. And we've seen that for the last two weeks, Richard, that the 
that Ryan Poles and crew are uh, building up the office to put weapons around Justin Fields. And we'll we'll see what Ryan Poles does this offseason to fix this defense. We all know that the defense wasn't as great coming into the season, but we, we're really looking at this defense now is being exposed. as like it's worse than uh, what it was at the start of the year. So we'll see what Ryan Poles does with that defense going into the offseason. But take a look at some of the key numbers from the Bears from yesterday's loss. Justin Fields, 20, 12 of 20. For 167 yards, a quarterback rating 99.4. Justin Fields also led the team in rushing with 13 carries, 47 yards, two touchdowns, including a long 67-yard TD run as we played in a highlight package early on. Khalil Herbert, 10 carries, 57 yards. David Montgomery, nine carries for 37 yards. We actually have a tight end, Lakina, for the third straight week. Cole Komet called two. TD passes. Yay. Well, well, look, I mean, that, that secondary for the Lions is not very good. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I would, I would kind of hold off on that. I mean, maybe they will are starting to use them now, but you know, but like I said, again, like I, said, I don't want to go too much into this game because we got other better games to talk about, but you know, again, look, the Bears found a way to lose and they did. I mean, look, you know, feels look good, but that piss, but that, that pick six, you know, kind of opened the floodgates for, mm-hmm for the uh, for the lions so look give the lions credit for not you know backing down i mean they ha- they were close in a lot of games this year I mean, they, their record would be a little bit better had they closed out some games they were down you know they were able to come back and they, they look they could have you know ran over and you know ran away and, and hid but they didn't so that they came back you know that's that you know dan campbell mentality that okuda mm-hmm. picked six i think you know started the uh Sorry, this thing and, and look i mean look fields you know you know, you know went you know and said that hey i'm not gonna do that ever again I mean, look, you can't really control, like, you know, what you, the best you can do is just hope for the best and such. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Vernon against it has a much, has as much of defense as the Chicago State Cougars football team. Oh, that, I didn't know they had a football team. <laughs> well, 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 well they're, they're, they're talking about maybe perhaps maybe starting a football team, but I think that, oh, no. that I think he was trying, I think uh, Vernon was trying to kind of be a little bit funny there, but uh, yeah, we know Vernon. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't land really, Vernon. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, just. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Just, just, just finish my point here, but look mm-hmm. at the like. I mean, if the Bears you know want to try at least finish strong and you know and all that, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people want the tank and, and you know get improvements on offense and, and such. And, you know, get the defense, you get something, but you know, I don't know. It's just now we're getting this whole all these hot takes where it feels the best QB from the twenty twenty one draft. Like, guys, can we stop? Slow that down, please. I I, I can't mm-hmm. deal with this right now. Yeah, just a, a, a one last nugget for me as far as this game yesterday. On the flip side for the Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, 113 uh, QB rating. He had 236 yards a tu- a touch of, of uh, he had a touchdown off of 236 passing yards. Jamal Williams, the former Green Bay Packer, he had 16 carries for 59 yards in in a go ahead touchdown. And Amon St. Brown was their leading receiver, 10 catches for 119 yards. And so, like you said, Lakina, they were down for most of the game. The Bears were in control, but their pick six, that's what started the comeback for the Detroit Lions. They took advantage yesterday. So in the Detroit Lions, congrats to Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn. I remember you were playing, brother. He's their uh, defensive coordinator with, with gray mm-hmm. hair and all. But congratulations to Detroit Lions. Uh, that was their first road win in two years. Yeah, so that that's – you know, crazy that it's been that long. And look, yeah. I mean, we'll see what the Bears do. Can they bounce back against Atlanta? I mean, we'll see what happens. Now, real quick before we oh, go to bring it over up against it, but as the second seed sports on Sports of Chicago, Cindy Brown, Lakina McGee here, uh, recapping the NFL week 10. Uh, we'll start with, you know, real quick with the uh, 
Buccaneers uh, Seahawks game 21 16 went for the Bucks over the Seahawks is all the way in Munich, Germany. Of course, if you guys remember that old say where the, the Ryan Fire play, you guys, I'm sure you guys probably remember that from the old NFL Europe. NFL Europe. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, Tom Tom Brady had two touch had two touchdown uh, uh passes, and uh, Leonard Fournette had a touchdown, uh, rushing touchdown, and uh, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, you know, Jones had his first uh touchdown catch of the season uh, mm-hmm. as a Buccaneer, so that that's you know, they're also doing it with their defense. The defense kind of, you know, held uh, the Seahawks at bay. They really, that's really, you know, they got things going. You know, they scored 13 points in the fourth, but it really, it, you know, but, you know, the Bucks did just have to kind of hang on and win it. Yeah, the Seattle offense didn't come alive to the fourth quarter, scoring 13 points of their own. Geno Smith, he had two touchdown passes, but he had a fumble in there as well. The running game for the Seahawks and Kendall Walker, the third, they couldn't get going. The Buccaneers scored the majority of their points in the second quarter with 14. Tom Brady had a record of 399 attempts without throwing an interception. He threw his first interception uh, yesterday, which helped the Seahawks to get back in the game. But Chris Garman, as you mentioned, he had the go-ahead touchdown for Tampa Bay late and Rashad White who had the, the rookie running back he had 22 carries for 105 yards that's what really kept the Tampa Bay office in balance and that's mm-hmm. what uh how they uh, that's how they helped them hold out Seattle yesterday I watched the majority of that game uh Tampa Bay was in control especially defensively uh, finally you saw their defense start to play like uh it had potential like they did a couple years ago when they, when they won the whole shebang so Tom Brady uh, I said last week uh, with the uh, Rams victory this is could be the start of something big. Now they won their last two games. Let's see if they can keep it going. Seattle, if you're a Seattle fan, of course, you're not happy about yesterday's loss, but you, you're still in partial control of the NFC West. And we'll get to rest of that division on the flip side of this break. Yeah, because there are a couple of teams in that division that might have some. Well, there's one team I should they may have something to say about that with the Seahawks, <laughs> especially after this loss yesterday. So we're taking a really <laughs> quick break. Uh, we're going to talk more NFL Week 10, also our studs and does, also a big game in, in NFC East. Um, Monday Night Football tonight. We'll have all that and more coming next. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports, on Sports on Chicago. More NFL talk right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. (laughs) Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, No thanks, not my thing. 
Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina. You can get at me on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We continue our football power hour. If you want to get at us via the comment section, go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Thank you, Richard Long, for checking in once again. He says, um, I'm assuming he's talking about the Bears, need a wide open office to make up for the New York uh, D. Scare money, don't make money. Thanks for checking in, Richard, for that comment. Now we continue on with our week 10 review from yesterday. Let's start off. Lakina in Buffalo, New York, in Orchard Park. The NFL game of the year took place yesterday as the Minnesota Vikings come from behind to defeat the Buffalo Bills 33-30. I was watching the majority of this game live in its entirety via this computer screen. And I understood that most of you guys across the country, including here in Chicago, uh, in that conclusion that Bears-Lions got the chance to watch the end of that fourth quarter in, over, in overtime, and which, was a, which was a very eventful a football game. Kirk Cousins for the Vikings, 30 of 50, 357 yards in a touchdown pass. Dalvin Cook, 14 carries, 119 yards in a touchdown. And my guy, Mr. Giddy, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings, 10 catches, 193 yards in the touchdown. This was probably like the one of the craziest games you'll probably see so far this season. <laughs> and then, you know, they can't, but then there was, you know, they thought that Buffalo had the control of it by the second half. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the Vikings came back, and then you thought the Vikings were in control of winning it. Then they, then you know, then they stopped short of the goal line, and you know, Joseph missed a, uh, the extra point. That's why you know they, they mm-hmm. needed a touchdown to win. And then, and then all the other stuff, you know, all the crazy started happening. You thought that maybe that the you know, the Vikings were going to win it, but then they fall short at the one foot line. Then the one foot line, you know, they you know, 
Josh Allen in there in his center, you know, fumbled the ball yep. on the in, in the end zone. They got the uh, you know, they got the touchdown there. And then you thought that maybe How can you screw over. that up. <laughs> yeah, then you know, and then the Bills came back, you know, went down the field and you know, forced it to mm, force it to overtime based mm-hmm. on Tyler Bass's uh field goal. But then he thought that maybe, you know, the Vikings, you know, would get the the, the field goal. Joseph knocked that down. Then you thought that maybe, you know, they were, the Bills are going down the field and then you thought that maybe they're going to go get a touchdown, perhaps maybe force, you know, you know, extend the overtime. Then, you know, Allen throws a very probably ill-advised pass, and Patrick Pierce gets his second interception of mm-hmm. the day. And, uh, yeah, that basically is it for them. And uh, as Hall of Famer Chris Carson, of course, you know, Vikings legend said, you know, okay, the Vikings got their uh, signature win now. Everyone can be quiet now. <laughs> you got that right. And speaking of the Vikings, uh, Justin Jefferson, in my opinion, he had six big catches in the fourth quarter in overtime, three on that final drive before Josh Allen and, and crew fumbled that snap, that, which could have sealed the game. Did you catch that fourth down catch coming out of the two-minute warning? That's uh-huh. probably the best catch I've seen in the NFL this year. He held it. He held it. Cr- cradled it. The defender was all over there, held on. And, and made a, a tremendous catch. And of course, he had a couple more in overtime. And but going back to Josh Allen, Kina, you talked about that, you talked about that interception in overtime, which sealed it for the Vikings. I want to go back to that interception he threw uh that was yeah. intended for Dawson Knox yeah. in that fourth quarter. Yeah. He was chasing down a defender, and Darren Moose Johnson uh pointed it out on the Fox broadcast yesterday. You have an injured elbow. Why mm-hmm. are why are you going after the defender? If you yes. get seriously, he was down for a few minutes He's and thank goodness he was okay. Yeah. But why are you doing that? You, the whole team, you're the franchise. I understand you want to make the play, you're trying to make up for that bad throw you had, but you have a bad arm. Why are you going after the defender, going after the ball? That is not smart. No, no, it's not. And, uh, and you know, Patrick Pierce, even though, yeah, he's like 32 now, but he's still pretty fast. So, uh, you know, that trying him trying to catch the that was just, you know, not a good look. And, uh, look, at unfortunately for Josh Allen, he kind of tends to make these kinds of, you know, ill advised throws and such. Mm-hmm. I don't know who, I don't know if he was trying to throw it to Diggs or Knox, or I don't know who was over there that he was trying to throw it to that the second time that, uh, Peterson pick it up, picked it up. I also but, Gabriel Davis. That was the yeah. one in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. He was trying yeah, to throw so it to the, Gabriel Davis, who was, uh, in the back of the end zone. Yeah, and but of course, he was like know, all the way over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think, yeah, but you know, Peterson, you know, if you saw the replay, he saw that right away. So that's why he was yeah. able to step in front of it and got that got that pick to seal it. So, you know, look, if I get their signature win and uh Bills are six and three, but you can tell that uh Allen's not hundred percent. So this might be something to look 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 out for the rest of the season. Yeah, the Vikings approved that record at eight and one. The Bills dropped to six and three. To Nashville, Tennessee, we go next. Where the Titans eke out a 17 to 10 win over the Denver Broncos. Wilson Wilson, 21 to 42, 286 yards and a touchdown. Derrick Henry, only 19 carries for 53 yards for the Titans. But their big wide receiver, Mr. Nick Westbrook, incline had five catches, 119 yards in both Titans' touchdowns. Didn't really have to do too much for the Titans. I mean, look, you know, Derrick Henry didn't get the ball too much. You wonder why he didn't get the ball a little bit more. Didn't take advantage of that uh that rush defense. You know, that's not very good. You know, with the Chiefs. But look, I mean, Tannehill in his first game back got two you know touchdown uh, passes and whatnot. The defense did what they had to do to try to stop it. Um, you know, Russell Wilson had an ill-advised uh, interception and he was sacked, also sacked six times. So the defense for the Titans did their job. So I don't know. Like I said, we said on Friday too. I have no clue why. This game was the hot pick. You know, people were picking the Broncos, so I don't know what happened there. But uh, you know, but they're not that good. That's what happened. No, they're not. And then look, that we we saw that again on uh, you know yesterday. 
To Arrowhead Stadium, we go next in Kansas City, where the Chiefs uh, eat out a 27-17 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Patrick Mahomes, 26-35, 331 yards and four touchdown passes. And Christian Kirk for the Jacksonville Jaguars had nine receptions for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Again, you know, again, not pretty, but uh, look, they did just enough to win that game. And look, the Jaguars, you know, get the close for a little bit. You thought that maybe they had a shot at it. But by mm-hmm. the second half, you know, things started kind of, you know, the Chiefs kind of started kicking into gear. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was sacked five times, so that old line for the Jaguars didn't do him any favors. Uh, you know, look, Mahomes, look, he had four touchdown passes. Okay, you know, ho-hum. I know Chiefs fans were like, well, look, now we're the number one seed in the AFC right now, you know, with the with the, the Bills losing. So, oh, Chiefs, it's like, yo, Chiefs Twitter, I tell you, it, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just annoying. But, uh, yeah. You've got some pretty tough matchups coming up, Kansas City. So you got your old uh, issues to deal with too, with your some of these matchups, matchups you got coming up. Yeah, the Chiefs improved their record to seven and two. The Jaguars fall to three and seven. To South Beach we go, where the Miami Dolphins dominated the Cleveland Browns, thirty-nine to seventeen. To a tongue of a twenty-five to thirty-two, two hundred eighty-five yards to three touchdowns. Jabir Wilson. Uh, the new running back for the Miami Dolphins, 17 carries, 119 yards in the score. And Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns, five catches for 99 yards. Yeah, I mean, look, again, we know that uh, that Browns team, you know, they're 3-6 and six right now. There's just aren't – I know people want to say, oh, yo, know, when Deshaun Watson comes back, yo, know, they're going to be better. He actually, he's actually is now cleared to practice, so. Mm-hmm. But uh, they just aren't that good. I mean, they chub, you know, rushed the ball this, you know, for 63 uh, yards. And a touchdown, and unfortunately, they just couldn't get it going on offense. And the, the Dolphins were just a touchdown machine. I mean, you know, two ahead, three touchdowns. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert combined for two touchdowns. So it, it's sort of one of those things where, like I said, I, they're seven and three. Look, I don't know if they're going to win that division. You know, there might be an opening for them, but they're looking pretty good right now under new coach Mike McDaniel. And also, too, the defense turned up yesterday. Second, Jacoby Brissett a couple of times. So maybe we're seeing the things coming to form finally from the Miami Dolphins after those acquisitions at the trade deadline a couple of weeks ago. To New York City, we had next where the New York Giants uh, hang on for a 24-16 win over Lovey Smith's Houston Texans. Davis Mills for the Texans, 22-37, 319 yards in a late touchdown pass. Saquon Barkley, nice to see him back on the stat sheet again. 35 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. And Darius Slayton for the New York Giants, three catches for 95 yards and a score. Yeah, uh, Giants really, really had to hang on in this game. You're looking for them. They were playing the Texans. Uh, <laughs> they showed for a little bit. And, you know, of course, you're going to show a little bit of rust coming off a bye. But, uh, again, you know, they got things going in the second half, of course. You know, you know, Jones had two touchdown passes. Saquon Barkley, another big, you know, showing for him, 152 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Darius Slayton had a touchdown uh, catch. For the Giants too, so yeah, they really didn't have to do. T- you know, they really didn't have to hang on. So you know, they're they're a seven and two as well. But uh, yeah, you wonder, you know, the fact that they you know, benefited from having to play a Texans team that's not very good, and of course, uh, Sparkly got his rushing yards. And and you would think that I was watching just a little bit of this game via NFL Red Zone, and you were. You figured that the New York Giants, like you said, they got it going in the second half, scoring 20 of their 24 points. You would think they were playing down to that competition just a little bit. We know that Houston Texans, a team, they're, they're, they they lean on their defense, but kind of I kind of got the sense just a little bit that the Giants were playing down to their competition. I mean, yeah, I mean, Brian Dable, you saw him on the sidelines, wasn't very happy after that poor showing in the early in the second quarter. So maybe that by a minute, who knows? But, uh, 
I mean, yeah, maybe they did, but you know, they're now the you know, look, you're gonna get the, they're gonna get their best shot out of everybody they play from now until the end of the season. So no one expected the the Giants to be you know this good at seven and two. So we'll we'll see if they really are for real. And to the last of the early games, the Pittsburgh Steelers improved their record to three and six after dominating the New Orleans Saints twenty to ten. Mister Pickett. Not Wilson Pickett, but Kenny Pickett, uh, the Pittsburgh's quarterback, was 18 to 30 for 199 yards. Najee Harris, 20 carries for 99 yards for the Steelers, and Deontay Johnson, four catches for 63 yards. Talk about a team that might be tanking. I think the Saints might be tanking too. Uh, Andy Dalton mm. threw two, inter- two interceptions and, and such, and um, was only sacked twice. But you know, Pickett actually can't you know, bounce back for me and sacked six times. So you know, there. Uh, his own line really didn't do too much there either, but you know he did get a rushing touchdown, threw for 199 yards. Um, you know George Pickens had a touch, had a rushing touchdown. So again, not not the best game. I didn't watch a single minute of the game because I because I because I knew I knew that uh the 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 the, the, the Steelers were going to win this, but you know and I really you know again wasn't pretty. But you know you're taking you take the win if you're Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Yeah, the only clips I saw of the game, that game live was via NFL Red Zone, via my television. So me and you in the same boat. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition. We're live in living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina as we recap week 10 from the NFL. Let's go to the late games, Lakina. Let's start in Las Vegas, Nevada. Jeff Saturday, as of right now, he's the smartest guy in the room. That's because uh, in his coaching debut uh, since um, um, leaving ESPN to take the head coaching job of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, he gets his first win of the season, defeating the Las Vegas Raiders on a road 25 for 20. Derek Carr, Carr for the Raiders, 24 38, 248 yards and two touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor ran the ball hard for the for the horseshoes, 22 times for 147 yards in the score. Devontae Adams for Las Vegas, nine catches, 126 yards in a touchdown. Yeah, uh, the first uh, first I think since Jim Caldwell in 09 that uh, that won his debut uh, coach with the Colts. So congrats to Saturday for that one. Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, I didn't know he had wheels because uh, he had a 39 yard scamper that uh, set up the the game winning touchdown for the Colts. So yeah, that's why I was we've been sitting for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, keep, yeah, keep the drive going there. But yeah, you know, 222 yards for him, and then also to a, a, a touchdown pass. Jonathan Taylor, 147 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Paris Campbell had a touch that that touchdown catch from uh Ryan. So the defense, you know, did what they had to do late in that game. You know, Stefan Gilmore, remember him, folks? He uh stopped uh, uh I think that was at yeah, Devontae Adams from uh from mm-hmm. that uh fourth fourth uh, down. It was a nice well defended, so that was a, a nice uh yeah. showing there. But uh, look, could the, the Colts right the ship? I mean, that's still look, I mean, that that AFC South is still pretty you know up for grabs still, but four and they're four or five and one, so two or three of the division. So we'll see what happens there. Yep. To Green Bay, Wisconsin, we go next where America's game of the week took place. It was the Green Bay Packers. As I told you on Friday's show, if you listen uh, closely, the Green Bay Packers uh, eat down a 31-28 to 28 win in overtime. The Cowboys scored 14 points in the second quarter, 14 points in the third quarter. Dak Prescott had three touchdown passes over 265 yards passing, but he threw two bad interceptions. Aaron Jones ran the ball hard for the cheese folks. 24 times, so 138 yards and a touchdown. C.D. Lamb, well, unfortunately, I benched yesterday in my fantasy league. Don't get at me. <laughs> he had 11 catches, so 150 yards and two touchdowns. Lakina, uh, I kind of figured 
uh, we kind of predicted what was going to happen on Friday. I didn't think this would be the, this high scoring of a game, but I said the Packers somehow, somewhere, they were going to find a way to win this ball game. They did uh, coming back from the twenty to fourteen deficit. Aaron Rodgers may have found his new target, Mister Christian Watson, who had three touchdown catches himself. The, the Dallas Cowboys gambled on the fourth down play in overtime. It backfired on them, and the Packers were able to get that game winning field ball field goal thanks to Mason Crosby. Yeah, Watson was a is the first uh, Packers rookie with two receiving touchdowns in the game. You got going back to Keith Woodside. Remember that name said back in 1988. Both of those, Ooh. those both of Watson's a made me feel old. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the throws, but you know, 20 plus yards in the air. The last Packer with two receiving touchdowns of two plus yards in the air was Jordy Nelson. You know, in 2014, of course, that was a 55-14 victory over the Bears. Sorry. Uh, also, he's also uh, Watson, also uh, the first uh, Packers where we were 100 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns in the game since James Lofton did it back all the way back in 1978. Of course, now he works at CBS and also Hall of Famer, Mr. Lofton. He's also the first rookie to record three receiving touchdowns in the games against the Packers since Randy Moss did in 1988, 1998, I should say, at the Thanksgiving Day game. Remember that one? So, Oh boy. And uh, of course, Rudy Ford had two career touchdowns, two touchdowns. I mean, two interceptions to, you know, in that game uh, yesterday. First guy to do that since Haha ha Clint Dix did in 2016 against the Colts. Ford only had one career interception, you know, coming into uh, yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. So he made up for that, no doubt. Also, to uh, Mike McCarthy's uh, return to Lambeau, uh, you know, that was just a weird because they were uh, the Cowboys were 180 and 0 all time with leading by 14 points through three quarters, including the playoffs. They were not 195 and 0 all time. So I don't know what was going on in that mindset. You know, Dak you know threw some pretty bad. That was that first the first one to uh, to four was just terrible. Like I don't know, like I don't mm-hmm. know, if, like you know, Lamb misses his assignment or whatever. But also to uh, why did they go for it on fourth down in overtime? Just take the points and yeah. then you know, force mm-hmm. the. And then force uh, the Packers to try to get you know the field goal. Like uh, th- that fourth quarter, you know, you saw McCarthy just throw his headset down afterwards. It, it was just a, uh, it, it wasn't no, it wasn't pretty. But uh, look, could look, people have been saying that the Packers could just need that, that little spark. We'll see if this win gives them that spark. They're four and six. They're not probably not going to win the division, but they still got a shot at a wild card. They're right in the hunt. So could this yep. be the thing that helped them turn the quarter? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, the Packers are four and six overall after yesterday, three and two at home. The Cowboys dropped to six and three. They're two, two and two away from Jerry's world. Remember, I told you on Friday, Lakina, Dallas is around this time is due for a bad loss. Let's see how they rebound next week because they clearly gave that game away yesterday. And Fox's other America's game of the week. Uh, it was nothing but a dud if you're an L.A. Rams fan. That's because the Arizona Cardinals defeated the Rams in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium 27-17. Cold McCoy, who replaced the injured uh, Kyler Murray, he was 26-37, 238 yards and a touchdown. James Carner ran the ball hard for the Birds 21 times for 69 yards and two touchdowns. And D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, for the Cardinals, 10 catches for 98 yards. Lakeon, I know you're going to dive into this a little bit uh, in a minute, but there was a couple of injuries on the Rams front. We told you about uh, Matthew Stafford on Friday. He was a concussion protocol. He was not activated uh, in time for the game yesterday. Uh, Cooper Cup, their star wide receiver, perhaps their best player outside of the defensive tackle, Aaron Donald. He was injured late in that game yesterday. He could be out for the year. What is the latest you have? Yeah, uh, they, you know, they have, there hasn't really been an update. They're, they're practicing right now as we speak. I'm talking about the the Rams. So, you know, I know uh, Sean McVay uh, said it like after that game yesterday, it looks bad. So, you know, we'll we'll see. But uh, it, look, I, I 
look, Christine and I, our girl Christine Macken from KSRB, we both picked the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sid decided to, uh, to pick the Rams. And now, because I thought Stafford was going to play. That's the only reason well, you, why. Well, yeah. And plus, when news came out that Stafford was going to be out, yeah, Christine and I texted, you know, texted uh, me and said, uh, yeah, I think Sid's going to lose this one. And sure enough, you know, because look, we yeah. do trust Cole McCord that you do, uh, John Wolford. I mean, no, no shade to him. You know, he did pretty mm-hmm. well in the game they played a couple years back that, you know, sealed them a, a playoff spot. But, you know, unfortunately, look, Cole McCoy had, uh, you know, a touchdown. And look, they're four and six, the Cardinals are. And, I'm not saying they have a shot, but you know they're starting to get a little healthy, especially that old line. So, uh, Bubba Baker had a uh, had an interception, you know that you know, that shuts us up that 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 drive that you know kind of put the game away for the Cardinals. So, yeah, I kind of kept, kept this game in the background. Didn't really watch it too much because I figured, like, yeah, and sure enough, it was kind of a it was a dud. So, you know, yeah, kind of, it was. the Cardinals <laughs> is just enough to win that game, win this game, but. uh yeah, I mean, look, I think look, they're four and six, so they're still right there in the hunt. I mean, they were able to kind of do pretty well without Murray with a hamstring injury, so we'll yeah. see. But unfortunately, yeah. you know, Zach Ertz, like, he's, he's going to be done for a few Yeah, he got injured, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was carted off the field yesterday, so we'll see what happens with him. Shout out to our guy, Mr. Jason Palmer. You can catch All him right, and his Jason. cousin, All right, Jason. Uh, Lancey Irvin on What's Up Cuts tonight at 6 p.m. right here on Sports on Chicago. Of course, Jason Palmer is giving a shout out to his Miami Dolphins. Yeah, they're 73 right now with Buffalo losing. You guys are in the driver's seat for the AFC East title. I know you, you got to play Buffalo one more time in Buffalo in a few weeks, so we'll see what the Dolphins are made of. But I will say this, the Dolphins are a playoff team. Are they division champions? Uh, they still up in the air, but you guys are definitely a playoff team if you can stay healthy. Let's review one more game, Lakina, and that was the Sunday night affair where the 49ers are over 500 for the first time in a long time. They defeated the Los Angeles Chargers, or we call them the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on this show, 22 to 16. Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, was 19 to 28 for 240 yards. Elijah Mitchell ran the ball hard for the 49ers, 18 times for 89 yards. Brandon Ayuk had six catches for 84 yards for the 49ers. Yeah, I saw a little bit of this game too. Of course, it was a Sunday nighter. Uh, again, mm-hmm. you know, it was you know it was back and forth for a little bit. The Chargers took control for a little bit. You know, you thought that maybe they were up uh, 16, 10 at halftime, but they couldn't get the get, get anything going on offense. You know, the 49ers, you know, did just enough to win uh, that game. Christian McCaffrey had a rushing touchdown uh, in that game. Really didn't have to do too much. I mean, look, Jimmy G, you know, 240 yards, nothing really much to, to you know write home about. I know Herbert, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert got banged up. You know, Chase Allen had to, you know, come in for a little a little bit. He got sacked in the first uh mm-hmm. uh first uh, play of the series. But uh look, I mean, again, not a pretty not not pretty, but look, they, you know, the defense had three sacks. Maybe, you know, look, I think the 49ers are five and four right now. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they may they may have a shot at, at winning that division. You know, they won that first meeting against the Seahawks. So that that could, you know, be you know very interesting there. We'll see what happens. Uh there, but I know they got the Cardinals on uh, next Monday night. So, Isn't that for Mexico City? Yeah. I think. Yes, 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 it mm-hmm. is. So uh, that should be a fun. Hopefully, everybody will be uh, healthy for that one because I really want an offensive shootout there. But yeah, I mean, to see, I mean, the, the 49ers, I should say, I mean, they might, they might be right there in mm-hmm. that division too. Yep, we'll see what happens. Now, before we get to our uh, Monday night preview, let's get uh, get our studs and duds out the way. We'll start out with our studs. I have three of them, obviously. Christian Watson, three touchdown catches for the uh, young wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers and then win in overtime over Dallas. I also have Saquon Barkley as my second stud for the New York Giants, 35 carries for 152 yards and a touchdown. 
uh, with the Giants' victory over the Texas. And my third stud will be Mr. Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts, to help uh, Jeff Saturday pick up his first win ever as head coach. Uh, with the Colts 25-20 victory over the Raiders. Jonathan Taylor, 22 carries, 147 yards in a touchdown. Okay. Uh, I'll have Tampa as my first uh, st- uh, studs. I mean, they picked they pick their first international win after losing their first three games outside the U.S. You know, Tom Brady is also now the first NFL player to win a game in four countries in the U.S., the U.K., Mexico, mm-hmm. and now Germany. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out to Matt Bushman, of course, who is the uh, – the, uh, one of the coaches for the Blue Jays, of course, his wife, uh, Sarah Walsh, works for the NFL Network. He actually posted something mm-hmm. early this morning about, you know, you know, of course, you guys remember he uh, caught the home run ball from Aaron Judge at number 61, and he said he should have caught it. And if we remember Tom Brady's single again, you know, I, I'm sure he's just being tongue-in-cheek about it. Yeah. But uh, that was just, that was real pretty funny. Check out his tweet if you uh, if you uh, want to. Uh, Rudy Forrest, that you got, uh, Christian Watts, I'll do Rudy Forrest, had two, uh, Two interceptions. You only have one going into the day. This is fifth year. So, you know, nice showing by him to kind of you know, keep those uh, balls at bay. And uh, I'll say Minnesota. I mean, look, they got their signature win finally. And people were already, you know, kind of like saying that they're not for real or whatever. But look, I mean, you know, from Justin Jefferson's crazy catch to the defense mm-hmm. uh, taking advantage of that fumble to Patrick Peterson's two interceptions. So, yeah, those are my three studs. And I want to give a bonus up to a, a friend of the show, Miss Dawn Mitchell, who used yes. to work here in Chicago at CLTV. She works for the for Fox 9 in the Twin Cities in, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. She lost her voice last week, and so she, yes, she barely did. got through their pre- and post-game shows. But yesterday, she sounded great. I know sometimes those things happen. Thank goodness it hasn't happened to me as an adult. It, it happened to me when I was real little years, years ago. But she lost her voice last week. Yesterday, she sounded great. I tweeted out a picture to her, and she said thanks. And you know, she sound she sounds great. I know she was happy covering a, happy, a very happy and chaotic locker room for the Vikings yesterday oh, following yeah, that uh, overtime win. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know they were dancing all over that, that place in that yes. locker room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you saw the pictures on social media. Yeah, also too, I want to get a bonus up to the Colts. I mean, look for Matt Ryan, you know, Chanley is there, uh, Michael Vick, you know, with the 39 yards, uh, scamper that helped set up that uh, yeah. game winner, and then Stefan Gilmore, uh, basically getting the best of um, Devontae Adams and that, uh, that, that, that touchdown that could have wouldn't have been the, the game winning touchdown for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, look, like I said, that, that AFC, the AFC South, I mean, that could be right there, probably even, also even a playoff spot. So, we'll see. Yep, we'll see. Our uh, uh, our duds, our three duds, uh, I'll give mine quickly. Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. And number three, the Dallas Cowboys uh, blowing that 28-14 lane, including that fourth down call in overtime. Bad. Mm-hmm. Also, the Bears as my dud. Nicely you don't there. say. <laughs> yeah, very bearsy way. Yeah, very bearsy way to lose that game. I'll just leave it at that. Uh... Let's see who else. Uh, the Rams. It looks like you know, with especially with Cooper Cups, like he's done for for the year at the very least. Well, you know, I don't think they did still. I don't think of it yet, but looks like he yeah. might. They be won't make the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, so uh, that might be it for the defending, uh, defending uh, Super Bowl champs. And uh, yeah, I'll say Dallas too. I mean, like I don't know what happened there. I mean, from Dax, you know, two ill-advised picks to going for. Uh, Ford on fourth down instead of taking the field goal. I don't know why they did that, but okay. But uh, yeah, those are my three duds. All right. Well, we have a couple of minutes left. I know we're up against it, but tonight's Monday Night Football game will take place in our nation's capital between the Philadelphia Eagles, who are 
holding the league's best record at eight and zero. They'll face the Washington Commanders. Oh, actually, it takes place in Philadelphia. They'll Excuse say me, the Commanders me. Field. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, our, it's the opening game took uh, uh, took place in our nation's capital weeks ago. But uh, tonight it'll be in Philadelphia. The Eagles, the 8-0 Eagles will host the 4-5 Washington Commanders at 7-15 on ESPN. No Manning cast tonight. So uh, no, just a reminder for you. I know, I know. Uh, but the Eagles are 11-point favorites. The so over-under total is 43.5. Lakina, I think the Eagles will win this game. But I don't think it's going to be a co- complete runaway. I don't. Yeah, I mean, look, if they can, you know, kind of force Hurts uh, to, to throw it and perhaps maybe not not use his legs and probably have, have him force some things, you know, mm-hmm. throw some interceptions, maybe they might have a shot. Um, if you're the Eagles, you want to try and sort of like, you know, tame uh, Taylor Heineke. It's going to be very interesting to see if they can do that. I mean, look, if you're the Eagles, I mean, you just want, don't want to mess it up. I mean, you've had like yeah. some extra time and stuff so you have to set it up. You, know, you, you already won the first meeting against the Commanders a few weeks back, so... You know, you that's like what Carson Wentz was at the helm, so things are different this time around. Well, and plus, but, but also to remember that this might be interesting and, and note that maybe you know, the defense will probably be more into you know, get you know, Heineke to uh, to make mistakes. So this will be interesting to see what happens in this game. But uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, if the Commanders get their revenge or if the you know the Eagles can sweep the season series. Yeah, for for that Washington Commanders defense, like you said, just keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, which it seems like it's impossible to do so far this year the way he's played. And you got to run the ball hard with Robinson and, and I forgot who the other running back is or who's who's escaping me for the moment, but uh, for, they got to run the, the ball. For the Eagles? No, for the for Washington. Antonio Gibson, thank Antonio you. Gibson? Antonio yeah. Gibson. Uh, it's got to be a collective effort. And they got to stay disciplined no dumb penalties, especially uh, if Jalen Hurst decides to run out the pocket, uh, no illegal hits, uh, just uh, stay within your game plan. Like I said, force a couple of turnovers, and you, you'll be able to perhaps sneak out with the win. But it's going to be very difficult. I have, Like I said, I have Philadelphia winning this game, but I think it's going to be tougher than what people think. So uh, I, I don't know if they're going to win by 11 points, but I think Philadelphia still win the ball game tonight. All right, you get to catch that game on ESPN at 7.15. Of course, again, no Manicast, so <laughs> it, it, you'll be okay. <laughs> hour, number, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming up. Of course, we'll have the Bulls. The Bulls lose a tough one to the Nuggets and also to the crazy uh, weekend in the NBA. Also, we got college football uh, week 11, some interesting uh, surprises there, and also old school TV Monday. So a lot to do still. Your hour number two coming up. Lakina McGee, Cindy Brown, Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. It's going to talk some NBA right after this. my lane no not at all are you not paying attention are you texting I was just checking in with my mom I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six it's okay there's enough time just pay attention I'm not even halfway through my text there's no way I'm not even going to look up my babies are in the car you have to pay attention it's supposed to be a quick text I'm so sorry Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. 
The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Sakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. And you follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny's going to be on the IG. And if you have any questions or comments for us during our now one hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Star Real Show. You can always get it at us via the comment section at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakino will get the up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder that you actually now catch Sports on Chicago is now is now available on Roku TV. Lakina, hour number two, we're, we're kicking it off by discussing the Chicago Bulls in, in the NBA at large. The Bulls, after being off for four or five days, it seemed like a week, but mm-hmm. uh, they had a piss-poor effort against one of the best teams in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets, uh, going down to Denver at the UC last night by the score of 126-103. to 103. DeMar DeRozan had, 20, had 16 points. Zach Levine had 21. Nikolai Vucevic, Lakina's guy, 9.6 rebounds. And off the bench, Goring Dragic had 11 points. Andre Drummond had 13 points and 11 rebounds. Lakina, it was just that simple. The Bulls, the Bulls did not bring the intensity last night, especially on the defensive end. And Denver, sometimes uh, t- teams have those nights where they shoot the ball hot from the outside. That's what happened to Denver last night. And Nikolai Djokic didn't have his best game in terms of scoring. He had 14 assists for the entire game for, for him. But Michael Porter Jr. did damage. Jamal Murray, my guy, did some damage. 
and Bruce Brown, the former Brooklyn net, did his damage off the bench with 12 points. Lakina, it was just a piss poor effort defensively for the Bulls last night. No, I'm not jumping off the bandwagon saying this team is going to be bad and blah, blah, blah. But it was just a bad showing uh, by the Bulls last night. Clearly their worst game of the year. And for anybody that wants to jump off that bandwagon, don't bother getting back on. Get off of it. 60% 60, 60, 60 from the field for the Nuggets shot. I mean, look, you know, the Nuggets, when they're healthy, they're like one of the best teams in the league. You know, Michael Porter Jr., that's a season high for him, 31 points. 23 points for Jamal Murray. He's starting to kind of get it going after coming back from listening to all of last season with the ACL surgery. You know, eight points for Jokic. Look, that's what they did. Yeah, Jokic didn't have his best game of the season, but other guys stepped up. Mm-hmm. Now, for anybody that wants to sort of go there and say, yeah, it was a bad effort, yeah. And shout out to our guys, uh, Big Dave Watson and uh, Matt Peck from CHGO Bulls. They said the same thing. They said, look, these things, in a long NBA season, these things happen. You're going to have games mm-hmm. where the, you know, the shooting gets hot. Look, you know, the Denver's 9-4 for a reason, folks. They're one of the best teams in the league. They probably could be one of the favorites if they stay healthy. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, the, DeRozan you know, had 18 points. Yes, all the Vuce mm-hmm. back, he only had nine points. Yeah, uh, Io had his worst game of the year with seven points. You know, th- look, they had contributions on the bets. You know, look, Andre Drummond looks like he started to get going, you know, 13 points and whatnot. Look, yeah, they need to get work on, you know, not, you know, not having a, a bad start in the first quarter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, look, we all admit that. Look, they didn't have a best first quarter. I think that's what did them in. But, look, we have a hot shooting team. These, these things happen. So, for anybody that wants to jump off the bandwagon, stay off of it. Because I'm sick and tired of Bulls Twitter. I'm going to talk to you, Bulls Twitter. You know, for saying, oh, well, trade everybody. Get rid of Vooch. Get rid of your know, DeRose. Get DeRose from Lamar, LeBron and, and such. Stop. All right? Don't you're – stop it. Just stop. All right? Carry on, Sid. <laughs> if you're fired up about the Bulls, just like Lakina is here, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. A couple of positives, uh, if there were any, that came out of last night's game. Gordon Dragic did his thing once again, uh, coming off the bench with the 11 points. I know Javante Green didn't do much last night, but I still believe that he's going to be okay. Patrick Williams, his performance gets lost in the sauce because the Bulls were behind the majority of the game. But in 30 minutes of action, he had 15 points and four rebounds. He's starting to get it together offensively. Lakina mm-hmm. being more aggressive, taking the ball to the basket. I know he still sells in for that outside shot, particularly the three-point shot every once mm-hmm. in a while. But I like how his game is, is aggressive going to the basket. I still like for him to improve a little bit more defensively, but at least yeah. offensively his, his game is serviceable enough that it can help this Bulls team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think this he can definitely help him once he gets that, you know, that shooting streak going. He's starting to kind of do it a little bit, but I, I think he'll, he'll be just fine once he gets that, that jump shot going. I think he wants to also start shooting more from three, which is you know good for him and such. You know, look, Drag- look, Dragic had 11 points, so like he's starting to kind of you know, looking pretty good too. So look, yes, Yes, there was that wasn't a good defense ever. Yes, yo, know, the the Nuggets, yo, know, shot the ball lights out. Okay, fine, but again, you know, for anybody that wants to jump off the Bulls bandwagon, like not knowing, are there, you know, some certain people are being so very hot ticky lately. So like, just stop. That's why I stay <laughs> off of Bulls Twitter because it's it's annoying as hell. Now we'll see if the Bulls can bounce back. Excuse me, but they're six and eight. Okay, yeah, it's not. You know, they're two games under five hundred. Oh, okay, fine. You know, they play the Pelicans. Hopefully they get there in a couple of days. Hopefully they can get their revenge there because, you know, they, they should have won that game last mm-hmm. week against the Pelicans because of certain calls and such, but that's a whole different uh, situation there. But, yeah, look, they've got – look, we're, we're not even a third of the season yet. People are already, like, panicking and giving up and such. Stop, all right? 
Listen yeah, to Second City Sports on uh, Sports on Chicago, the Kingdom of City Brown talking some Bulls and NBA here yeah, on I, Sports come, on Chicago. Yeah, I want to ask you about a couple of players before we move on to the NBA at large. So, what do you think about Io DeSumo's performances performance so far this year? And do you think the struggles of Alex Caruso, especially offensively, will continue? Yeah, I hope also Caruso. I think I think Caruso will get it together. I mean, look. You know, he's okay. more of like a, a defensive guy, sort of like that, that, that sort of like that pain in that, you know, defensive guy, or they're on the, on you. Unfortunately, he's been fouled a lot. So he's been called for fouls a lot. So that, that hasn't helped him in that front. But hopefully, he can mm-hmm. get it going, get his shooter streak going. As for Io, I mean, look, yesterday's game, last night's game, I should say, was not his best game of the year. He'll tell you that. And look, I'm sure he'll only get better. You know, he's starting to kind of see a little bit of flashes yeah. and stuff. So to shoot the ball better, I think he'll be fine as well. Yeah, as far as my observation on those two players, like I said, Caruso, like I said, keep keep up with that defensive intensity. I know we, we talk about the referees being ticky-tacky right there, calling certain fouls and whatnot, but I still like his aggression on the defensive end along with Javante Green. Uh, but hopefully offensively he can pick it back up so they'll bring his, his confidence up even more so he can be the all-around player that the Bulls need. As far as Ayu, I've been – and no, no one's perfect, but I've been fine with this performance so far this year, stepping in that starting lineup. Uh, in place of Lonzo Ball. Uh, he's been doing good. As we said last year, Lakina, all the extra playing time that he got last year, it was going to benefit him come playoff time, and it did. It, it seems like uh, uh, over the summer we heard about him working out, putting him on some weight, working on his job shot. It's starting to pay off now so far as we are officially one month into the season. Let's not forget, uh, they're doing this without Kobe White, who missed his seventh mm-hmm. straight game last night because of injury. Yeah, he's working out right now, so hopefully he can be back by, you know, he this one has gone down in that quad, so hopefully mm-hmm. he can get it going. You know, I think he's going to be doing resistance. He probably won't play in that game on Wednesday against the Pelicans, but hopefully he can be back before the like next week or two because they really do need him. Yes, uh, to the NBA at large, Lakina, we'll flip it and reverse it, as Missy Elliott would say. Uh, starting out with last night's games, uh, the Timberwolves uh, defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers one twenty nine to one twenty four, but All Star point guard for the Cavaliers, Darius Garland had a career-high 51 points. Yeah, that was a, a nice showing for him. And, uh, look, I saw a little bit of this game. And, and look, you know, on a losing effort for uh, Garland, you because know, he had been out the last, you know, the first couple weeks of the season. So he's starting to kind of get it going uh, there. Now, like I said, I have my drugs about Cleveland. I think, you know, they don't have – they they're not very good in, in the interior defense either, like the Bulls. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be very interesting to see if they can keep it up. I mean – yeah, you know, like I don't know what's gonna happen there, but you know, Garland, he's a nice, you know, nice player to hit uh, the 50, uh, 50 uh, seven point mark. Also, too, with like ten threes, he he had like ten threes, you know, in that. But uh, you know, he was able to. You know, unfortunately, it was a losing effort, but you know, that was actually a good game yesterday. Uh, the T Wolves, you know, were able to hang on to win in that game. Of course, you know, D'Angelo Russell had thirty points, season high for him. Uh, Towns, Towns, right behind it with uh. 29. Gobert had a double double with 15 points and 13 boards. So a really nice, uh, nice game by the uh, by the T Wolves. They're starting to kind of get it going too. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Joel Embiid scored a career high 59 points as the Utah Jazz as the 76ers defeated the Utah Jazz 105 to 98. Uh, Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, called that performance by Embiid uh, dominant and he was unstoppable. Lakina, Joel Embiid. When he's healthy and he can pull out performances like this, not necessarily scoring 59 points every night, but when he's healthy, he could be the most dominant player uh, in the game. We saw that last night as Philadelphia, they're doing it without injured guard James Harden. They defeated the surprising team in the lead, the Utah Jazz at home. He also have 11, he also had 11 rebounds, eight assists, and seven uh, blocks. Uh, 
he is the first guy to have that type of uh, performances. You know, blocks didn't become a sack until 1973-74 in that season. So he's the first player to have that kind of thing where he had at least 50 points, at least 10-plus 10, 10 rebounds, 5-plus assists, and 5-plus blocks. So, uh, and look, I mean, he's going to have to be kind of like the, the offense going to be always on him, especially with uh, Harden going to be out for another few more – couple more weeks. So – yeah, we'll see if he hopefully doesn't tear doesn't wear himself out because that's been a problem the last couple of years. I mean, he's kind of worn himself out and then had to take games off. So let's hope that you know he can kind of uh, get it going and hopefully he can run down the hold down the fourth fourth there. The Los Angeles Lakers win their third game of the year. Yay! <laughs> they defeated the Brooklyn Nets 116 to 103 at the at the stadium that called formerly known as Staples Center. Uh, the, the Lakers get that third victory of the year. Anthony Davis finally showed up as a franchise player. Of course, LeBron James has missed uh, missed the second straight game due to a groin injury. Anthony Davis scored 37 a game high 37 points off of 15 to 25 shooting. And this statistic was the difference of the Malikina. In terms of three-point shooting, the Lakers shot it uh, shot it 11 to 27 for 40%. Brooklyn shot it for of a percentage of 25 percent seven of uh, 27 from beyond the arc yeah uh KD tried to do what he could he had 31 points but he really didn't have <laughs> too much help uh you know i think uh i think the, the, the closest guy i believe was edmund sumner who had 13 points i believe oh, 14 mm -hmm. points i should say so really didn't have a lot of help you know and that's in that front for the nets so Looks like there might be some still might be some issues there, of course, you know, with you know Steve Nash being fired and of course Kyrie and all that other stuff that we won't talk about that. But you know, look, a nice probably their best game this season. Lakers are Lakers did. I mean, they're three and ten, so there's still like a ways a way to go if they even want to make the play in. But it was actually a good win nonetheless for the, the Lakers. Uh speaking of championship contenders, uh on the flip side, let's go up to Sacramento where the Sacramento Kings. Uh they upset the Golden State Warriors 122 to 115. Are if you're we said this on Friday, Lakina looks like I had to ask this question again. I think the Warriors uh had an eight-game winning streak against the Kings before mm -hmm. it was snapped last night. If you're a Warriors fan, are you starting to worry a little bit more now? Yeah, uh Steph had 27 points, Andrew Reeves had 26, uh, Clay Thompson had 17. And uh, Jordan Poole at 18 off the bench, but there really wasn't, you know, too much, uh, you know, then after that. But, you know, a nice uh, a nice sort of uh, showing there. Uh, you got, you know, DeAndre Fox. De'Aaron Fox actually had, had 22 points. Uh, Keegan Murray had 21, the rookie, of course, out of Iowa. And uh, Kevin Herter had uh, 17. So, look, I mean, you know, they're 6-6 six and, six and six as the Kings are. So they're not as bad as, you know, you thought. But on the flip side, though, for the Warriors, they're now 0-7 this year. That's their worst start since 1989. So on the road, I should say. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, not, a road, the road's not becoming a good friend for the, the Warriors so far this year, especially in this, you know, in this 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 trip that they've been on the last you know, week and a half, two weeks. So they got some home games coming up this week. So hopefully the home cookies is just what they what they need. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes, the 6-7 Oklahoma City Thunder. No, folks, it's not a typo, and I'm not making this up. Uh, they defeated the New York Knicks yesterday at MSG 145-135. to uh, 135. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is known for defense. His players didn't listen to him yesterday. <laughs> Shy Gildas Alexander for the OKC Thunder scored uh, a game-high 37 points. Josh Giddy had a triple-double, and the Thunder shot a season-high 62.5% from three-point range. Not three point one. She shot it from the field. field. Yeah, from the field. From the field. They shot 50, 50, about fifty five percent from three. So I still, still it felt like sixty percent. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll say yeah. Well, if you round it up, I mean, if we're gonna you know do the uh, whole uh, math thing, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, this was this was a crazy game. I actually watched a little bit of this because this came on right before uh, the uh, the NFL games, and that that was just like a crazy uh, game. You know, people were hitting shots. You know, like I said, there weren't getting any stops. I'm talking about the Knicks. And mm-hmm. look, you know, six and seven. You know, for the for OKC, I don't think anybody had that after 13 games this year. So they got to look. Like, you know, you just mentioned a lot of the young talent they got so far on the uh, Thunder team. I mean. I don't know if they're going to be able to compete for the playing spot, but they're looking pretty no. good. You know? And it's it's sort of like one of those things where you know they're not, it's not going to be an easy uh, game, for, uh, the easy team for you to beat. So for anybody, if you got them coming up on your schedule, don't you know look take them very lightly. Um, the Phil, you know, Philly Philly had a had a pretty uh, solid uh, week uh, on Saturday. They uh, beat the uh, the Hawks one twenty one one oh nine, and beat of course had forty two points. Seems sort of minuscule since he scored like fifty nine uh, a game later, yeah. but. Still, you know, a nice showing by them, uh, nonetheless. Also, too, uh, the Heat got a much-needed win against Charlotte, 132-115. They're now 6-7 and seven this year. They've had their struggles so far uh, this year. Of course, Jimmy Butler had 20 points. Uh, it was Max Strauss had 31. I know that's our uh, girl, Lana Tekaira's guy. Uh, and, yeah. and such uh, great Vincent also had 20 points off the bench. Capis, I should say, had 20 points off the bench for the Heat in that win. Yeah, another team that had uh, another team that's flying under the radar. We talked about OKC. Uh, the Washington Wizards had a, a good uh, homestand this weekend. They defeated mm-hmm. the Memphis Grizzlies last night, and they defeated the Utah Jazz on Saturday. Utah, Utah. yep, yeah. yep, Utah. Utah starting to fall back to earth a little bit. So you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they they've had they had a really good run, but of course, losing to of course the Sixers and, and be great performance off to the, the before, and then they lose mm-hmm. to the Wizards. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis had uh, thirty one points, leading the way there and a game high there. So uh, I mean, look, they're seven and six. The Wizards are so there should be six and seven because they should have lost that Bulls game. But I digress. But. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, it is what it is. And uh, the Clippers, I know some Clippers fans are still a little bit upset if they lose a tough one to the Nets on Saturday, 110 to 95. Of course, uh, of course, Durant had 27 points a game, uh, you know, the game leader there. All, but also, uh, PG has 17 points. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure the Clippers will figure it out. We're in a long season, they're mm-hmm. seven and six right now. They're some people thought they would be at the top of the West right now. I, they were my pick to go to the NBA finals. I'm not Same worried here. about the Clippers. I'm not the word about the Clippers again. Are you? No, not yet. I know Kawhi is supposed to be fully back soon. I know he's been sending out games and there were back to back. And, you know, that was the plan yeah. from the organization at the start of the season. So I'm not worried about them too much. Paul George is having a good year. And, you know, I picked him to win the MVP. Of course, John mm-hmm. Wall is he's starting to uh, fit in his role right now. You still have Marcus Morris, uh, who's over there now. You still have Robert Covington, Chicago's very young, who's who can give them outside scoring as well. So mm-hmm. I did watch some of that game on Saturday after the Illini football. We'll get to them in our next break. But uh, they just didn't have any shooting in the fourth quarter, and Brooklyn took advantage of that. Yes, they did. So, uh, you know, Clippers, you know, no trouble for Clippers, Clippers just yet, but, you know, we'll see uh, what happens uh, there. Uh, Portland uh, loses to uh, the Mavs, loses a tough one there, 117. That was an exciting finish. That was you know, pretty exciting, but uh, you know, Luca did his thing, and, and and look, I think he's trying to make a claim for the MVP. He had 42 points. Also had uh, you know, could contribute off the bench. Tim Murray Jr. had uh, 16 points, and Christian Wood had 19 off the bench. So glad the they bench. brought him back. Talking about Dallas, yeah. um, Tim Murray Jr. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it was really the bench that yes, Luca did his thing, but it was really the bench that kind of you know paved the way for the Mavs. 
Yeah, as, as we said during the summer league game and before the season started, who's going to be that second guy to Luka? You lost Jalen Brunson in free agency to the New York Knicks, who's, who he's helped that team tremendously so far this year. But who's going to step up uh, in, in a second role to help out Luka? Christian Wood, who's injured the last few games, he's starting to set, uh, get settled in his role right now. You have Don't forget Reggie Bullock, that, uh, that ageless veteran, and he can still deliver shots from the outside. So you mentioned Tim Hardaway Jr. So they still have some guys who's just – Who's going to step up to be uh, the uh, the Robin to Luka Doncic's Batman? Still to be excited there. We got some great candidates. They're going to Friday's games. You got uh, Boston, uh, which was that was a pretty uh, interesting game. But yeah, they pulled away from the Nuggets, one thirty one one twelve. Jason Tatum leading the way for the Celtics, thirty four points. And Al Horford still a little bit of found need there with twenty one points. Also, too, Jalen Brown had twenty five. For the Celtics in that game, he uh, Tatum reached 8,000 career points at only 24 years old, 253 days. Then he's now the youngest Celtics player to reach that milestone. Uh, he joins also joins Kevin McHale has the only players to from Boston to score at least 20 points each of the team's first 12 games in this in a season. Also, too on Friday, the Orlando Magic upset the Phoenix Suns 114 to to 97. Mm-hmm. Pilo Bancaro. Uh, uh-huh. I'm not going to say he's your clear cut favorite uh, winner for rookie of the year, but the way he's starting off the season, it looks that way right now. And also, so you mentioned the Celtics being the the Nuggets uh, on Friday. The the Raptors uh, they didn't have a good weekend. They lose uh-huh. to the Indiana Pacers on Saturday. Your Pacers, like you know, they're flying on the radar at six and six, but on Friday they lost to the Thunder, one thirty two to one thirteen. Yeah, tough week for uh, Toronto. Uh, look, look, I mean, Indiana, look, 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 Crowley, like he's got this. He got to, he may have found a formula here, too. So, of course, you have Ben Matherin, of course, the rookie <laughs> from Arizona. He's kind of been leading the charge there as well. Also, too, Buddy Heal. Don't forget about him, folks. You know, 22 points. Yeah. He'll lead the way there uh, for the Pacers. So, they may be right up there with the Bulls to compete for one of the, uh, the, those top six spots. So, we'll see if they can keep it up. Yeah, and a couple of notable games from, from this past Friday, the second half of that ESPN doubleheader, you saw the Grizzlies beat the T-Wolves. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers, who are without LeBron James, they lost to the Sacramento Kings 120-114. to the, the Los Angeles Lakers had a double-digit lead in that first half. They blew it in the second half there. Also, this was the game of the night from, from Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland, they were doing well on their West Coast road trip. They blew the game last a week ago today against the Los Angeles Clippers. They were up big late. Uh, they had another big lead on last mm-hmm. Friday against the Golden State Warriors. Steph yeah. Curry went off of scoring 47 points. Good grief as the Warriors defeated the Cavaliers 106-101 before losing yesterday on the road at Sacramento. Yeah, Curry, uh, at that game became the oldest player with consecutive 40-point games since you know, Jordan MJ did it back in 02. So, you know, <laughs> still still showed a little bit of that that, that spring there. So, uh, but again, you know, the Warriors went up and down. So we'll see if they can get it together. Like I said, they got some uh some ro- some uh home cooking coming up, so maybe that'll help them a little bit. Speaking of with tonight's games, that we go into this week in the NBA. Monday. <laughs> yep, Toronto and uh Detroit. That should be a fun one at six o'clock. A good one here between two young teams, Charlotte and Orlando. That's also at six o'clock. And the NBA TV game, you got OKC in Boston. Look, I we warned you guys about OKC Boston. You know, don't take them like they got some good uh, talent on that squad. Uh, good one here. I'm surprised this one. This one's not going to be on uh, nationally. Uh, I'll be watching TV on my uh, this computer screen here. You got uh, Phoenix and Miami at six thirty. Yeah, some people thought this should have been last year's matchup in the finals, but mm-hmm. it didn't uh, materialize. 
Wrapping up the Monday schedule, we'll have the uh, the Clippers and the Rockets meeting for the third time so mm-hmm. far this year. The way the scheduling has been doesn't yeah, make crazy. any sense, Full but but it is what it is. Uh-huh. Clippers at the Rockets tonight at seven o'clock. Also at seven, we have Atlanta and Milwaukee. I think this is the third time they met up too. Yep, I know yep. they met up a couple of weeks ago in Milwaukee on the Saturday night. And so that game's at 7 o'clock. And wrapping up tonight's schedule, Monday, the Spurs at the Warriors at 9 o'clock. I think this should be a sneaky good one. And like yeah. I said, Lakina, hopefully the Warriors can get back on track because they have some home games coming up this week. So that rounds out uh, the Monday Monday night schedule. Tomorrow, Tuesday, you got uh, the first game of the TNT doubleheader. Should be a good one here. You got Memphis and New Orleans. You know, that should be a, a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clippers and Dallas. That should be another good one. You know, the Clippers have been struggling, but it should be still be a fun one nonetheless. Uh, next, you bet that yes. game's not on TNT. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised this game isn't, but I, I, I kind of see why they decided with you know with the young, you know, the young guys. You got John Morant, you got the Pelicans and Zion. So that's, that's probably why they mm-hmm. went with the TNT game, I, I guess. Uh, New Knicks and Jazz at eight o'clock. Uh, San Antonio and Portland at nine, and the second game of that uh, TNT doubleheader. Interesting. You got Brooklyn and Sacramento. I think this is the first time in a while that uh, Sacramento has been on TNT. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, Mike Baby didn't come back. Chris Weber didn't come back. Patience not back. Flyers not back. <laughs> that should have been matchup in the 2002 NBA Finals, but that's a whole nother that's story a whole for a whole nother time. That's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> But it should be entertaining one. Kevin yeah. Durant, you know, for, for Brooklyn and that young squad for uh, Sacramento, Harrison Barnes, the, the veteran. Mm-hmm. And you have DeMontis Sabonis as well. De'Aaron Fox, yeah. who's a borderline all-star. So it should be a fun one for Tuesday. So that's the wrap of your Tuesday schedule. But on to Wednesday, Lakina. <laughs> Hump day. You got Indiana and Charlotte at 6 o'clock. Should be a good one there. Minnesota, Orlando. You got to battle some young guns. We'll see how Paolo Pinchero does against uh, the T Wolves with Cat and and uh, Rudy Gobert and the rest of that squad. You got OKC in Washington. That should be a fun one. The first game of the ESPN doubleheader. They could this these two teams could. I think they this is the second time they've met already this year. You got Boston and Atlanta at six thirty, and you got Miami and Toronto also at six thirty. Yeah, wrapping up the Wednesday schedule, we have Cleveland at, at Milwaukee at seven o'clock at seven thirty. Houston at Dallas. At 9 o'clock, Chicago time, we have the Knicks and the Nuggets. We're at start time. We're yeah. at start time. We assume that this game was probably going to be an ESPN, but it's not. But, yeah, apart, it. but the second game of that ESPN doubleheader on Wednesday will feature the Golden State Warriors traveling to Phoenix to face the Suns. So that should be a lot of fun. And hopefully- yeah, of course, don't forget the Bulls and the Pelicans from Pelicans, New Orleans yeah. on Wednesday uh, at 7 o'clock. Yeah, going back to that Warriors Suns game real quick. Hopefully, you know, this could be something that could get the Warriors back on track on the road. Gonna be a tough one, though. We'll see. Yeah, and Thursday schedule looks like this. All of them late starts. Interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> we have Brooklyn at Portland at nine o'clock. At the same time, at nine o'clock, we have San Antonio at Sacramento, and at nine thirty, we have the Pistons at Los Angeles to take on the Clippers. Well, remember Sunday night, uh, Thursday night football. I should say too. Maybe that's why because they're not doing the uh, the Thursday night football nationally. So I guess I figure, hey, <laughs> let's do all late starts. I don't know. <laughs> and no, you know, like I said, no national television schedule. A game schedule for that night. So there's your schedule for Thursday, and there's your schedule for this upcoming week in the NBA. All right. All right. We're going to be wrapping things up the last half hour. We're going to have some great uh, matchups and upsets to talk about in uh, college football week 11. Also, to uh, some college who's matchups. Yes, that's that's already started. That's going to be coming up later this week. Also, uh, old school TV Monday says he's got a good one. So 
We'll see about we'll see about that. Uh Lakeena <laughs> McGee, Cindy Brown, second seed sports on Sports Social Chicago. We'll be wrapping things up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. On Sports on Chicago, this is our last segment. Uh, for today, last segment for the show, you can get at me on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan on the IG. 
if you want to get at us during our last our last hour, uh, last half hour, I should say, of uh, this extravagance, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can get at us via the Twitter. No, not the Twitter. Via, I can't talk today. <laughs> you can get at us via the Sports on Chicago's Facebook page and Sports on Chicago YouTube. There we go. So there type in your question or comments, the comment section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's go into the world of college football. Let's start our locally where the fighting line they are now seven and four after losing a tough one at home on senior day to the Purdue Boilermakers by the score of 31 and 24. Aiden O'Connell had a great game for Purdue. He had three touchdown passes over 245 yards passing. As we talked about on Friday, Lakina, the Illini secondary will be tested. They actually held up pretty good in that first half, but in the second half, but it was a big turnaround for Purdue. Illinois tried to uh, tried to keep up Chase Brown, uh, their star running back, a borderline Heisman candidate. He injured himself on the last play of the game where Illinois was trying to um, um, make it a closer game. They was try actually try to tie it up. Of course, they came came up short. Lakina, uh, I'm still proud of this Illinois team, but they really dropped the ball these last two weeks. It wasn't like they've been blown. Now, this defense statistically has been number one in the country in, in all the important categories, but Michigan State got the best of them in the second half last week. That's the same thing that had to happen to Purdue, but this time Purdue kept up offensively. Yeah, uh, Aiden O'Connell had uh, three touchdown passes. Uh, Devin McCovey, he 106 yards. They really couldn't stop him, 106 yards of a touchdown. Uh, Payne, mm-hmm. Durham, Payne Durham had uh, two touchdown uh, catches for – the, the Boilermakers, it was actually, it was their defense. I'll talk about the Boilermakers that kind of kept Illinois, you know, sort of at bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kieran Douglas had an interception for them. Uh, look, I mean, look, I didn't get a chance to watch this game, but I think Illinois, Illinois did. picked the worst time, picked, you know, picked the worst time to have their worst game this season. That, that you know, they, the, I mean, Chase Brown did try to get it going, but unfortunately I think he injured his ankle. So he's questionable now for that game against Michigan. You got to face Michigan coming up. And you know they're on a mission too. So, uh, like our, be- our buddy Mad Zahn said, on us, who's worked for CBS two, said it best. Uh, Friend of the Purdue- show. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, him too. Oh yeah, he is that too. Uh, Purdue, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, and Iowa. All four. Well, actually, actually, uh, Minnesota and Iowa. Now I should say not Wisconsin, but all four of those mm-hmm. teams are still within uh, the strike distance of the Big Ten West. It seems like nobody wants to uh, wants to clinch that that division because they know that whoever yeah. wins, they got to face whoever. Uh, I'm assuming you know, they're, they're staying undefeated in the, in the next couple of weeks when they meet Ohio State and Michigan. So uh, it feels like nobody wants to win that division. So we're yeah. doing the dry receive right now because they got the tiebreaker against Illinois. So still a lot to be decided there in that division. Yeah, and Purdue has a favorable schedule too. And so mm-hmm. you assume they'll win that next two games. And Illinois, had, they have a tough road ahead of them. Uh, they, like you said, they'll face Michigan next week. That's an 11 o'clock uh, Chicago start on ABC. Mm-hmm. So no primetime game because Illinois lost their last two games. So that's going to be a 11 a.m. Central Standard Time game from the big house on ABC. Just yeah, note that. And we'll remind yeah. you again on Friday. Like, you know, let's yeah, get Purdue, some. To- yeah, Purdue has. Yeah, Purdue's at uh, Northwestern Indiana. That's why, you know, says that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Schedule, so. Yeah. As long as they don't have any slip-ups. Yeah, as long as they don't have any slip-ups, that division, uh, Big Ten West uh, division is theirs. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, going back to the other uh, big games from the world of college football from over the weekend, week 11 action, Georgia had no problems with Mississippi State of uh, 45 to 19. Uh, Mr. Bennett. Mr. Uh, Stetson Bennett from Georgia, 289 yards passing in three touchdowns. And Lakina, the, the Georgia Bulldogs did the majority of their damage in the second half, scoring 28 points. 
to second half, outscoring Mississippi State 28-7. Yeah, not really, not really do too much. Like I said, I didn't really watch this game because I knew uh, Georgia had it. You know, those 19 uh-huh. points were for um, uh, Mississippi State, you know, they came like near the, you know, they, they stayed, they stayed, you know, close for a little bit. So they did kind of keep mm-hmm. it close. It's sort of like bringing down the next, but they did, you know, get, you know, kick it into gear in the second half, scoring 28 points in the second half. I'm talking about uh, Georgia. So they pulled away there. So not, not, not really like too surprising. Yeah. Back to Big Ten action. Number two, Ohio State takes care of Indiana from big news Saturday, 56 to 14. CJ Stroud, clearly a Heisman favorite, had five touchdown passes. One of them was to Marvin Harrison Jr. He has seven catches, 135 yards receiving. Yeah, we became the first Big Ten uh, player in history to throw thir- 30 uh, uh, passing touchdowns in consecutive seasons. The only other player to do that was uh, JT Bear, who also played at Ohio State. He did it in uh, 2014 and 2017. So, uh, yeah, going to be one of those guys that's going to be invited to New York, uh, Michigan. Uh, no trouble with Nebraska, 34-3. Mm-hmm. to Again, didn't really watch this game too much. You know, they did what they needed to do. They didn't really need to do – uh, too much. Of course, Nebraska's really right now. JJ McCarthy had two touchdown passes. Blake Corman, 162 rushing yards and a touchdown. So, again, not having to do too much. You expound know, too much energy. You know, look, we did what you're supposed to do against a team that you're, that you're much better than. So, that's what Michigan did. Number four, TCU takes care of number 18, Texas, 17 to 10. For TCU, their big star running back, Mr. Kendra Miller, had 21 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, the only score, uh, Texas only had 100, 200, uh, under 200 total yards. Uh, they had their chances to, to win that game, you know, win this game, but unfortunately they, they just couldn't get it going on offense. So that was basically the problem for them. And uh, their defense gave up too many big plays late. So that's what kind of did them in, too. Yeah, number five, Tennessee, the Volunteers destroyed their SEC counterparts, the Missouri Tigers, 66 to 24. Mr. Hooker threw for three touchdown passes in. Mr. Hyatt for Jalen Hyatt for Tennessee, seven catches for 146 yards in the score. Yeah, 724 yards that they had, total yards that they had uh, against uh, the fighting Mike Berman. Sorry, Mike. Uh, Missouri. <laughs> uh, it's a new program record, uh, 355 passing yards for uh, Hinton Hooker, three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. He's the first Tennessee QB with uh, 350 uh, passing yards and at least three touchdowns. Three- passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown says Tyler Bray did it all the way back in 2011. So, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah, same say they bounced back from their loss to Georgia a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Washington, uh, upset and, uh, ended Oregon's hopes for the, uh, for the, uh, yeah. the, the, the playoff. Uh, Michael Pinnish Jr., of course, former Indiana transfer, had two touchdowns, 408 yards, and, uh, Wayne, uh, Talupa, Tuliapa had 70 uh, rushing yards and, one touchdown. Of course, he got the bat. Not really the bad bonus, but you know he was okay. He had a rushing touchdown and threw for 280 yards and a, and two touchdowns. But uh, unfortunately, uh, they just couldn't get it going uh, when they really needed to. And the defense for Washington was the one that kind of you know strayed the way there. And uh, yeah, so Washington ending their hopes. And Washington, after having a couple of bad uh, seasons, they're now eight and two. They're right there in the thick of it for the uh, the Pac-12 championship game. Back to the SEC, where number seven LSU uh, ekes out a 13-10 win over Arkansas. Lakina, I, I did see the highlights of this one as Josh Williams for the Tigers had 19 carries for 122 yards and the only touchdown of the game for the Tigers. I did mm-hmm. see a couple of clips of this game. It was a total defensive effort for both teams, but LSU 
Uh, they didn't let that win up against Alabama last week get to their heads. They had to battle this one, but they come out of there uh, with an important three-point win. They're 8-2 overall, 6-1 in the SEC. Yeah, it was the Harold Pickens show. Harold Pickens Jr. Show, Perkins Jr. show, I should say. He had a score record for, with four sacks and two forced fumbles. In, in that win again, he's the first power five player to do that. So y'all get back to Chase Young, who did it uh, in 2019, had forced uh, four sacks and two uh, forced two uh, fumbles. So it was definitely a defensive effort there. So you know they really had to do too much. I mean, look, I mean, Jay Daniels only uh, threw for 86 yards to have an interception. Josh Williams had uh, 122 rushing yards and a touchdown. So, but it was really the uh, the defense that uh, that made a difference there for them, and you know. Look, it was a defensive battle, so you know, unfortunately, but you know, fortunately, if you like that type of thing, but yeah, it was definitely Harold Perkins, he was a def- difference maker there for LSU. Staying in the SEC, Quinshawn Jenkins for uh, Miss Ole Miss had 25 carries for 135 yards and two touchdowns, but it was Bryce Young's three TD passes that lifted number nine Alabama to beat number 11 Ole Miss 30 to 24 on the road. Yeah, uh, Jenkins actually had a shot at that uh, that pass uh, that that pass. You know, he didn't actually get a chance to get it because they didn't throw it. That uh, you know, Dart Jackson Dart didn't throw it to him, unfortunately. So that, that you know, can't really say that was all Alabama, but that was really just the you know, miscommunication mm-hmm. there. So that that definitely kind of you know killed uh, Ole Miss. This was their chance to kind of put Alabama away, especially from the CP uh, the College Football mm-hmm. Playoff, and they did not do that. So now, of course, Bama fans think they got an outside shot. So we'll see what the standings are come tomorrow, but. Just uh, yeah, just just you know, miss miss opportunities for old miss there. You listen to Second City Sports. We're live in Eleven Color on the Monday edition on Sports Zone Chicago. Say Lakina hanging out with you, reviewing some of the key games from uh, this past weekend's action in Week Eleven from college football. Continuing now, going to the ACC. Clemson had no problems with Louisville defeating them thirty-one to sixteen. The Clemson Tigers scored fourteen points in the second half to pull out the victory at home. Well, we said that uh, Clemson was going to be very happy, and they they were. You know, they they came out swinging. And DJ Ogulonie mm-hmm. actually had his best game of the season. So, you know, look, Clemson still has an outside shot, but they I think mm-hmm. they're still working on that division right now. As we'll get to, we'll get to who their opponent will be in just a second. Now, mm-hmm. Arizona uh, in the UCLA's uh, outside playoff uh, hopes they upset them thirty four twenty eight. You wonder what happened there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Jane Deloria Deloria had uh, 350 uh, 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 315 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Michael Wiley had a, a rushing touchdown for Arizona. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson had a uh, had a touchdown, and of course, you know Zach Charbonnet had 181 yards and three touchdowns. But it was really their defense that didn't, you know, that kind of did them in. Uh, this next game, I asked you on Friday, could this be a possible upset? Or you say maybe, but I didn't get that. Feel too much. It was number thirteen Utah dominating the Stanford Cardinal at home, forty-two to seven. The Utah Utes scored twenty-one unanswered points in the third quarter to pull that game away. Yeah, they had a yeah. Those look, Stanford had their chance, a couple of shots to kind of keep that game, keep themselves in the game, but unfortunately, that didn't end up being the case. So yeah, yeah. Utah, look, it, there's a log jam there now in that Pac-12. Of course, you know, no yeah. more divisions. So you know, now there's still like a log jam there, and still a couple of weeks left to regular season. So. Still a lot to be decided. Utah's got a tough one this weekend, so we'll see. But, yeah, we'll get to that on uh, Friday. 
Yeah, we talk about the S- uh, the Big Ten West. We talk about the SEC, but that Pat Twelve is stacked down, especially with those uh, up, uh those couple of upsets that took place over the weekend. So the uh, the Pat Twelve, uh, we may bash them for other reasons, and rightfully so. But uh, they still got some good teams out there that they're just more than they're more than just competitive. They're right there. Uh, the couple of teams as you mentioned with with UCLA, USC, which uh, they they took care of business on Friday against. Uh, Colorado, uh, their their uh, their top teams are right with the best of, of the rest of them in, uh, across the country. Yeah, so uh, like I said, like I said, there's still lots to be decided in that Pac-12. Remember, it's a top two team, so still mm-hmm. a lot to be decided there in that conference. North Carolina wins their ACC uh, a coastal division uh, with their win against Wake Forest, 36-34. It was actually a real close one, so you know they actually uh, eked it out late. But yeah, Matt Brown's guys, you'll know, get another division title. Yep, and back to Big Ten football, number 14, Penn State, the Nittany Lions at Beaver Stadium. Shout out uh, the Maryland Terrapins, 30 to nothing. Uh, Mr. Sean Clifford for for Penn State, 139 yards passing and a touchdown, but it was Nicholas Singleton, their star running back, 11 carries, 122 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I really didn't know. Yeah, I mean, upset alert maybe, but yeah, I think you know, Penn State showed that they were much better than Maryland, so no letdown there for uh, Penn State. Now, uh, Boston College, the fighting Tom Wallace, as I call him, upset. Uh, or Matt Ryan's. North, or Matt, <laughs> oh, yeah, the fighting Matt Ryan. He'll be able to go a little more modern day. The fighting Matt Ryan's. Uh, <laughs> they upset uh, North Carolina State uh, 21-20. They had lost 25 games in a row, games against ranked teams. Last uh, winning against USC back in 2014. I think I think Matt Ryan was at was there was there at the time uh, during a time. Entering that day, they had a 25 game losing streak that was the second longest in, actively among Power Five's programs. Of course, Rutgers. It was you know, they had 30 in a row. So a nice win mm-hmm. for Boston College. Yep, nice win for Boston College there. And and like like you say that they they started a little bit hot at, at the beginning of the season. Uh, they they taper out late, but it was nice to see them to get back on in the win column. Uh, back, back to the Big Twelve uh, action. Number nineteen Kansas State. They dominated Baylor thirty one to three. Lakina, did you see this coming? I didn't. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw this. Coming. Maybe I'm missing people, something. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people thought that maybe Baylor was going to kind of give them a little bit of a game and talk about K State, but yeah, they can't yeah. down there from start to finish. So they jumped on them in pretty early. Uh, Notre Dame and uh, had to eke one out against Navy. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. how yeah, the hell so, did they get to seventy three? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's a whole different situation. Well, it's uh, on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. And, uh, Syracuse. You know, no trouble. Uh, that Clemson game felt like it was about a million years ago because you know Syracuse have they have like you know fallen off, yeah, the, mm-hmm. fallen off the face of the earth there. Uh, Vanderbilt uh, upset Kentucky 24-21. Uh, it ended a third. It was like a twenty-six game uh, losing streak. Uh, they had not won uh, a, a conference game in like three years. So. Not counting the COVID year. So uh it's mm-hmm. definitely a 26-game losing streak of the Commodores. So uh yeah, if you're Kentucky, you know, Clark, Clark Lear for Vanderbilt, it looks like he's got something going there special. So we'll see if he can kind of get it going there in the next couple of years. But uh yeah, if you're Kentucky, you're not feeling uh too good. And uh if you're uh John Calipari, you're kind of feeling like you got you got some justice here, but that's a whole different situation. <laughs> Back to the Big 12, West Virginia gets a, a late. Late field goal to beat Oklahoma 23-20. Oklahoma, we talked about in the beginning of the season, Lakina. You thought there would be one of those teams that could uh, 
perhaps contend for the national championship. Uh, they're now two and five in Big Twelve play, five and five overall. They just had a terrible second half of the season. West Virginia, you could say the same thing. I don't think they're in the same class uh-uh. as Oklahoma, but they they, they had a, they were, they're having a bad season so far as well. Four and six overall, but it was nice for them to pick up a victory for the home fans. Yeah, it looks like you know that's going to be it for Oklahoma for this year. We'll look at a nice point mm-hmm. for West Virginia. I think this is their, their first uh, West Virginia's their first win. I think like about six or seven years against Oklahoma. So a nice mm-hmm. win for the Mountaineers. Uh, Michigan State, uh, you know, 27-21, uh, yep. edging out uh, Rutgers. Uh, Duke uh, beats Vodtech. 24-7, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, 31-7 over, over Virginia. We know about the tragedy that happened with the Virginia football team yeah. earlier this morning. You know, thoughts of That's sad. That was very sad. Yeah, mm. you know, just the, the circumstances, too, just, you know, it just, it's just awful. So thoughts of prayers go out to uh, that football program. Of course, their men's basketball team, you know, they had a game against Northern Iowa. They've canceled that game, you know, of course, or understandably so. So our thoughts of prayers go out to everybody in Charlottesville and the whole uh, UVA community uh, there. Uh, going back, uh, UCF uh, beats Tulane 38-31. They're now they've kind of you know knocked them out the race of the, the being in their conference play. So uh, UCF is now in the driver's seat in their division, the American. Yeah, back to Big Twelve play. Oklahoma State defeated Iowa State twenty to fourteen, and a couple of scores to pass along from the Big Ten. Iowa dominates Wisconsin a twenty-four to ten, and my my team at least for this year anyway. The Minnesota Golden Gophers dominating Northwestern 31-3. to Yeah, like I said, still a lot has to happen, but you know, Minnesota, looks like, and Iowa, they both could be right there in the Bay 10 West. A lot has yeah. to happen ahead of them you know, with uh, Illinois and Purdue, but there's still there's a log jam there, so a lot, a lot to be decided in that Big 10 West. Yep, and Oregon State um, dominates California 38-10. to Oregon State, and it's, uh, they struggled uh, at the early part of the season. They lost a close one in defensive battle to USC at home to start the season, but they, they picked it up recently. Now they're 7-3 overall, 4-3 in Pac-12 play. Florida beats uh, South Carolina easily 38-6. to uh, Shout out to Car- uh, Cardell Williams, Cadillac Williams as we know him here. Uh, Auburn uh, beat uh, Texas A&M 13-10, gets his first win as head coach. <laughs> I, right, I know, right. But uh, yeah, so his first win. If you saw his interview after, after the game, you saw his excitement. You saw how you saw the crowd. I've never seen. I've never seen that in the last couple of years there at Brian Denny. Uh, uh, no, no, not not Brian Denny. Uh, Jordan Harris. I should say. I got that kick out of the mix up at Jordan Harris. I've never seen anybody this excited. Now they have to play Alabama in a couple of weeks. But if they can get to six, five or six wins and go to a bowl game, I hope that uh, Cardell gets a really legit shot at that uh, that coaching job. As for as for uh, Jim Jimbo Fisher, that buyout about fifty million dollar buyout. Eee. <laughs> yeah, good. give me fifty million dollars. I'll be a happy man. So <laughs> I can't complain too much there. <laughs> oh brother! Uh, and uh, oh yeah, and, uh, Washington State beats Arizona State twenty eight eighteen. I think that's about it. Oh yeah, uh, Texas Tech beat Kansas uh, forty three twenty eight. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Uh, Boise State, uh, easily over Nevada, 41 to 3. San Diego State, uh, pulls away from San Jose, say 43 27. And Utah State beats Hawaii, uh, 41 34. 
Yep, so that's your recap from this past weekend's action from the world of college football for week 11. You're listening to Second City Sports as we wrap up here on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color Sports on Chicago. Sid, Lakina, hanging out with you. Before we get to old school TV Monday, Lakina, he has some uh, thoughts about college basketball, which I think is uh, we're into week two already. Yeah, we're going to week two, of course. Uh, Gonzaga beats Penn State. They played in the airship in San Diego, so uh, <laughs> a nice showing um, there. Colorado upset upset Tennessee uh, yesterday, so a nice uh, win for them. And a couple of games coming up. Um, excuse me, later this week, uh, the classic year on ESPN. That is tomorrow, if I can get. If my Tuesday, computer, which is Tuesday, yes. Uh, you know, for those of you who listen to this on uh, War Media, if I can get my computer up, Michigan State hoping to bounce back from that loss to Gonzaga. They face number four Kentucky at on ESPN. will be at six o'clock. This will be in Indianapolis, and in between, of course, the College Football Playoff uh, stands will be released. And Duke, you know, the first, you know, second going to the second week of the uh, John Shire era. They face. The defending champion Kansas Jayhawks also in Indianapolis. That'll be at eight thirty. You know, approximately. Of course, there's a doubleheader, so uh, should be a good one. I want to see how Duke performs this year. Of course, they're they're without coach Krzyzewski, who's now retired. Like I said, this John Shire error is underway. I want to see how they respond this year, and will they get the quote unquote same hate as every as their program received throughout the years when Coach K was uh, guiding the team? Yeah, gotta be very interesting. Uh, these games should be very interesting too. Uh, Trying to see, there's another game of of no uh, San Diego, San Diego State. Of course, you know they're always up there. They face Stanford again tomorrow. That's at eight o'clock. Yep, at the Pac-12 Network, so you guys can stream that on your devices if you can. <laughs> Trying to look through right quick to see if there's any like games of note here. Uh, Michigan and Pittsburgh at five o'clock on ESPNU. That'll be on Wednesday. Iowa and Seton Hall. Iowa and Seton Hall on FS1. Uh, Gonzaga and Texas that should be a fun one at 8 30 in Moody Center in Austin. So that should be a fun one there. Gonzaga in the early test, another early test for Gonzaga. Yep, so those should be some exciting matchups to look forward to as the college football, the college basketball season rather is underway. You're listening to Second City Sports of Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition, <coughs> live in Living Color. I'm Sid Liz Lakina. Lakina, it is time for Old School TV Monday as we wrap up today's show. And let's go to Boston, Massachusetts. And let's uh, salute to let's give a salute to the Fox uh, TV sitcom, Allie McBeal. Mm-hmm. Allie McBeal. Allie McBeal is an American legal comedy drama television series. Originally, it was aired on Fox from September 8th, 1997 to May 20th of 2002. The series was created by uh, legendary uh, producer David E. Kelly. The series starred, uh, starred uh, Calissa Flockhart in her title role as a lawyer working in a, in a fictional Boston law firm, Cage and Fish. Yeah, uh, it was which it, it, the main character was uh Allison Marie Allie McBeal joining the firm co-owned by her law school classmate Richard Fish, who was played by Gray Burnt, a German, after leaving her previous job due to sexual harassment. On her first day, Allie is horrified that she will be working alongside her ex-boyfriend Billy Thomas, who was played by Gil Bellows, whom she has never gotten over. To make things worse, Billy is now married to a fellow lawyer, uh Georgia Courtney Thor Smith, who was in a previous TV series called Merrill's place, who later joins uh, Cage and Fish. The triangle uh, among the three forms the, the, the basis for the main plot for the show's first three seasons. Although uh, 
and it was a legal drama. The main focus of the series was the romantic and personal lives of the main characters, often using legal proceedings as plot devices to contrast or reinforce a character's drama. For example, a bare divorce litigation of a client might provide a backtrack for Ali's decision to break up with a boyfriend. Legal arguments were also frequently used to explore multiple sides of various social issues. Lakina, uh, they uh, attacked uh, all of uh, issues at the, mm -hmm. the societal issues at the time but i uh, my mother my late mother was a, was a big fan of this series mm -hmm. i remember all the hell that calissa flockhart got yeah. because she was she was quote unquote too skinny and she told us the credits to kiss her white butt uh mm -hmm. we won't get into that too much but i thought she was a great actress uh, the few episodes that i watched of course she had an all-star cast Mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, we mentioned Courtney Thorne Smith. She was from Merrill's Place back in the early 90s. Remember this name, folks? Lisa Nicole Carson. And this mm -hmm. was after she starred in the movie Jason's Lear uh, years before with Jada Pinkett before she married Will. Uh, she was in that movie. She was in a couple other movies as well. She yep. played a big role in, in that uh, TV series. Also, you have Porta, uh, Porta, Portia uh, De Rossi. Of course, Lucy Liu. Before mm -hmm. Charlie's Angels, folks, she got a start on television in that series, Ally McBeal. Yeah, that was like her big break there, Lucy. And uh, mm -hmm. I, look, I didn't watch it like as it came on. I did watch it as you know, it was repeated and such. So, yeah, they mm -hmm. really did. It was actually basically a who's who. I mean, Robert yeah. Daniel Jr. joined the series. Of course, he was still going through mm -hmm. some of his various issues at the time. So, you know, he I guess he was supposed to do like two seasons. He only did like, like a season and a half or something like that. Our yeah. girl, Regina Hall, I mean, she, that was her first kind of like, you know, she joined the show. I think it was like season yeah. three she joined the show. So, you know, she, she yeah, also to James Morrison, who I have a big crush on still to this day. Uh, he also joined the show about <laughs> the same time, uh, but as a couple of new uh, attorneys. But, uh, yeah, it was a, a great, uh, you know, showing of it. And, uh, look, you know, just a little bit like everybody, anyone who was anybody at the time, you know, or, you know, you know Christina Ricci had a, star, a guest star wall on the show. Michael Vartan, you know, had a, a guest starring appearance. Uh, Matthew Perry, the late great John Ritter also had oh James Denton, a pre Desperate Housewives James Denton mm -hmm. also appeared on the series, so it was definitely a, a, a who's who of you know folks that are you know that were kind of starting you know Josh Groban of course you know played La Ali's love interest for a little bit in that mm -hmm. second season you know but yeah I mean there were like a lot of it was definitely a who's who of folks I mean you know, Julia Nicholson of course who I I'm a big fan of too uh, she was you know, on the show also Albert Hall. Uh, who played the uh, who had a real recurring role as a judge? I mean, look, like I said, it was a, a, a who's who of, of folks. They take up various issues, of course, you know, sexual harassment. Just imagine if this, this show was going on during the whole Me Too movement. I mean, I want. Oh, they have been a totally different in the way they attacked. Really, yeah, I really, yeah, Ooh. I really want to know like what would they have done, you know, if they had to yeah. tackle that. You know, that was a. I think I heard David Kelly say once that he they got that his show that his show ended you know before that because he would have been in a yeah. very tough spot to try and uh, do. Mm -hmm. I had to do a shows on that. I'm sure the press would pressure would have been on him, but look, I mean, it was like I said, it was it was a great show for what it was. I mean, you had you know Ali you know dancing with the dancing baby. I know that I know I remember yeah, said that, that, that became popular right. too. Yep. Yeah, of course. You know, she actually didn't mind doing that at the time. Now, if she would to do it now, yeah, she probably would not do it now. But you know, at the time, she thought it was cute and funny. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, it had you know a great critical acclaim on Fox. You know, it had good ratings up until like the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it was like I said, it was definitely it covered you know race issues, you know, same sex marriage. It was like a same sex kiss between uh, Allie's character and Lucy's character, Lucy Lou's character. Of course, that was a big deal at the time, which I don't, I don't, I don't get why it was such a big deal, but you know, okay, right. But uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, the, the you know, I mean, 
they you know meet the Me Too movement, of course. Imagine if, if that would have been it, but yeah, that would have been uh that would have been a tough spot yeah. for uh, Mr. David e. Kelly to try to uh, tackle. But uh, yeah, mental illness they covered. So yeah, I mean, they did a little bit of everything. I mean, they were pretty daring. And look, would a show like that survive in this climate? I kind of know there have been some you know folks that wanted to maybe do a remake, but I don't know if a show like that would have would have kind of like. How do you feel? I mean, what, do you think a show like Ali McBeal could have, you know? Uh, like- I'm not gonna say it wouldn't have worked, but they will have some tough. They will have some tougher waters to navigate mm-hmm. because we're in we're in a different place in our society now. We're, in my opinion, we're way too PC. Uh, if I give a thumbs up like I'm doing now for those of you watching on YouTube, uh, why are you giving a thumbs up? Uh, uh you're offending somebody, like. Uh, David E. Kelly would have had to, not saying he wouldn't have done it, but it'd been much tougher. You had to navigate through it, it, We're living in the era, not to get too much off of attention, but we're living in an era that you have to agree with everybody. You have to please everybody. This is life. It's not possible to please everybody. You're not going to. Yeah. It's a little, yeah, it's a little crazy. That, uh, I, I can only imagine what Twitter would have, or social media in general would have been had, you know, they had dealt with the Me Too yeah. movement. I, I mean, not, not that I don't think, you know, David e. Kelly would have done a good job with it, but it would have been hard because of the fact that everything else, you know, of course, Allie having a crush on her ex-husband, ex or ex-boyfriend, I should say, who is now her boss and all that. Mm-hmm. And such. so, you know, it was just, yeah, I mean, but when they killed off uh, Gil Bellow's character, I think that's kind of what did it in right there for that show. That's kind of first, like, jump the shark moment, I think. Yeah. Just a couple other uh, uh, nuggets. Uh, the opening theme song, Searching My Soul, which was a, a, a popular song at the time. It was it was uh, performed by Vonda Shepard. She had a, a very good singing career, which was very underrated. Uh, she performed mm-hmm. the TV show's theme song. It lasted for five years, uh, 112 episodes in total. And, and it re- received a critical acclaim in his early seasons, winning the Golden Globe Award for Best mm-hmm. Television Series, yeah. Musical, or Comedy in back-to-back years in 1998 and 1999, and also winning the Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series in 1999. Mm-hmm. And as yeah. of August of last year, a revival is in development over at ABC. Uh, will they actually go along with it? We'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think that's going to be like the number one question. You know, I think that they... Yeah, I think I said I think that one of the reasons why it was like there was table because of all this was when you know the Me Too started really started happening it was during that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see if they actually do do that. But yeah, so look, I mean, I don't think I don't think it's streaming anywhere. But yeah, you know, hey, Paramount, you you own the show. I mean, come on, or you know, HBO yeah. Mac or, or your know, HBO Discovery or whatever you guys are calling yourselves now. Uh, somebody, somebody, <laughs> somebody. You know, pick up the show up. I mean, I'm sure it's yeah. on Fubi or whatever. I think I saw it on Pluto TV, I believe. I think I saw it on there, but yeah, it, so it's free. So all you need is an email to sign up. So if you see it, uh, let us know. But yeah, so we salute the critically acclaimed Fox TV show, Ally McBeal. Yep. All right, Lakina, take us home. All right, you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80, S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor on all those podcast platforms. And give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Make sure you catch Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. 
every Monday, every Friday, right here on Sports on Chicago. One more game, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in the 11 color every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And remember, folks, you can catch us on Roku TV, whichever yes. device you got, you know, on your app. You don't even have to have Roku TV uh, stick. You just get the Roku TV. If you got the app on your phone, your uh, laptop, you know, your, your uh, whatever device you got, your Chromebook, whatever you got, mm-hmm. you know, just search Sports of Chicago on Roku, and it's all right there. You can follow our show, Sean and Maya. Uh, what's up, cuz? You know, coming up at Mon- coming up tonight. Of course, you know, said talked about mm-hmm. it earlier. Also, to the Smoke Falls, you can catch that show on Saturdays. So, uh, and also, too, they've got, you know, Sports Social Chicago is going to be doing a uh, live remote. Well, not remote, really, but, uh, you know, join them with some ice cold Miller Lights at the Output Lounge Sports Bar, 7, 1758 West Grand Avenue. Uh, that's right, not too far from the United Center. Uh, doors open at 11 o'clock. You'll be watch- they'll be watching the, the Falcons uh, as they host the Bears. Cut up at noon on this Sunday coming up. So make sure you guys, you know, come on in and uh, look, as long as you're over 21, you're welcome to, uh, to come. Yes. So uh, make sure you give those guys a visit this upcoming Sunday. For Lakina, I'm Sid. You've been listening to Second City Sports live in Living Color on Sports Zone Chicago. And we will see you back here on Friday. Go Bulls, NBA. Holla.